Good morning. So happy to see you. Can you let somebody be without doubt that you are you're excited to see them? Take away the doubt. So don't just greet the person. Make sure you take away the doubt. Do it in a way that the person wouldn't doubt. Amen. Can we maybe look at the scripture we looked at yesterday in Romans chapter 8, verse 28? And then maybe I just start from there. And I'll go to some auxiliary thoughts, you know, to the main conversation we've been having around pleasure, purpose, and, and, and plenty. Amen. Praise God. I, I made a statement I told you the other time, just now, that please, anywhere you notice a gang up against anybody, don't join. Whether the gang up looks like it's legit or not, don't, don't join. Amen. Amen. Don't. Are we together now? Because I saw something very scary whilst I was sitting there when Lulu was leading. Don't join. The hand of the Lord is stretched to do wonders. So don't join. Whether it, whether it appears legit or not, just be quiet and pray and say, the, and say it is well. You know God has given us that escape uh, phrase. It is where, it's where, it's where, it's where, it's where, it's where. It's one of the phrases you must use, learn how to say to escape situations. It's where, it's where, the Lord will help us. You understand? Learn those phrases, they will help you. Hallelujah. My dear friend Tolani is in, is in church. It's been a long time I saw Tolani. The girl that is as black as me. Black, black beauty. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are, who are the called according to, to his purpose. All things work together. And um, yesterday we were talking about a mechanism, amen, that has a, a machine that, that is an ultimate converter. Amen. You've done something I don't like. It's an ultimate, hallelujah. So it's an ultimate, um, good, it's an ultimate converter. What it does is that it can turn all things to good. Are we together here? It has the capacity to turn all things to good. We know that I don't like this sound. Whoa. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Praise the name of the Lord. All things. And that, that's a miracle. That is amazing. That how can all things be turned good? How can all things become good? There's a whole lot of evil in this world. But the Bible says that all things can become good. And the, the possibility, you, the pos, what makes that possible is that it says it can work together. 
Amen. Some type of, some type of mechanism can make all things work together. All things. And sometimes you see, scripture sometimes can be so, so, so arrogant. Yeah. And make some very, very, I, I share, the one I usually share with you guys is when Paul says that Paul had the effrontery to look at all the possible issues in the whole world and came up with a statement and says, be anxious for nothing. Who says that? If he had said, try to reduce anxiety, makes sense. If he had had said, don't always be anxious, it makes sense, right? But how do you look at the people and tell them that be anxious and it is for what? Nothing. So Paul knows something or is saying that there is nothing worth anxiety. Are we together here? And we know that's a very crazy statement because there are things that sometimes what more than anxiety, you just want to faint. <laughs> Are we together here? You want to faint. In fact, some things sometimes you want to die. Are you together with me? But Paul is saying that's not true, that we should be anxious for nothing. And so you can see that the life of God operates in another realm and another dimension that we all have to access. Are we together here? And so another arrogant statement here, all things work together. Too arrogant a statement. All things work together, works together. And then we began to look at, how can I get this converter that can turn everything to good? And then we looked at this scripture yesterday and we began to see that this thing has about two or three major components that makes this, this, this machine. And the machine is installed inside you. It says it works together to those who, what, who love God and who are called according to his what? Purpose. So the love of God and the purposes of God, if you mix them together and install it in a man, then everything begins to work for good. Are we together here? And so, and so, if things are not going well and not working for good, it's not because those things are that powerful. It's because of the absence of a machine. That there is a machine that can make all things work together for good. The component of that machine is what? The love of God and what? And the purposes of God. That when, it, when the love of God is installed in your heart, when the purpose of God is installed in your heart, you can never be disadvantaged. Are we together here? And so, and so evil is not powerful. It's not so powerful. Bad is not so powerful. What, what, what has happened is that there is no love for God. And there is no what? There is no sense of purpose. Are we together here? If God can successfully install his love in my heart and install the, his purposes in my heart, then I can convert anything. Are you together with me? And I think this was the realm by which Jesus lived. You gave him death, he brought out resurrection. You give him suffering, it brings out glory. That converter converts. Who would have thought, as I told you yesterday, that death, the death of Jesus was the biggest thing Satan had ever achieved in his life. When, when Jesus was brought down, there was a lot of jubilation in hell. But he didn't know the person he took down had installed in him love and purpose. Immediately death happened to him, resurrection happened to us. Are you with me? The Bible now says, if this man had known... So it means that you can lead a kind of life 
that Satan will notice your trajectory and begin to warn all his boys and say, don't do anything to him. You understand? Satan begins to protect you and say, don't, do, don't touch him. Don't touch. The guy is a crazy guy. If you touch him, he enters harvest. If you... <laughs> don't touch him. This, the guy is mad. He has a converter. He has a converter. If you touch him, he gets harvest. Don't touch him. Let's protect him. Let's protect him. And any demon that tries to touch you, they have a meeting. I say, who touched? No. Who went to trouble? Who? No. Who? Wow. Are we together here? Yes, sir. It says, if he had known, he would not have touched Jesus. So if Jesus tried to come the second time, they won't touch him. Now we know you. You are not going to die. I don't know who is, in, who is interested in frustrating yeah. Satan like that. Yeah. Frustrate, frustrate him. Frustrate him. With sense of purpose and what? And the love for God. Love for God. Satan knows he can attack you because, and he can deal with you because he knows that you love yourself. Love of self converts nothing. He knows... He knows, he knows you love yourself. So that's why he can harass you. See, this one loves himself. Self-love is bad business. <laughs> we say it at the same time. <laughs> self-love is bad business. You see, self, self-love is bad from, from the start. Immediately, immediately you invest in self-love, spiritual people already are crying for you and say, Kyle, this guy could lose money. Self-love is bad business. And guess what? Self-love is very tempting business. It's like MMM. It's just drop 100 naira, you get 1 billion. It also starts the easy door of Facebook. And somebody who they have at his account will not, chat, will not comment and say that. I'll show you uh, screenshot of credit. <laughs> I said, this is real, unbelievable. I put in 1,000, now I have 1 trillion. <laughs> and, uh, and then he said, Kai, if I can just put 10K, if they give me back, I'll put it back again. <laughs> you know, greed is an assassin. <laughs> greed is an assassin. If it's too good to be true, conclude is not true. Are we together, friends? But sometimes when fever hits you, things happen that it's too good to be true. So you better leave room for that one. Self-love is bad business. Self-love is what? Very bad business. And Jesus is the one himself who told us about the end game of self-love. He says that he that, you know, wants to save his life, (laughs) he says we know what will happen to that life. What will happen? He will lose it. Immediately you start on a journey of self-love and saving your life, you lose it. But he says that he that loses his life 
for my sake. So it's not just about being suicidal. Are you with me? Yes, you, are, you are losing your life for his sake. Yes, for his purpose. For his love. That is to say, you love another. And you love another's thing. Which is Jesus. More than you love yourself. So when you step into that, what happens to you? You'll find it. Amen. Amen. Can I preach to you? Yes, sir. Whoever desires to, what, to save his what? It's like, now, you save what you have, right? Yes, sir. So he has life, right? Yes, sir. He says, if you try to save what will happen to you, you lose it. But if you lose his life for my sake, what will happen? We will find it. That is to say, that life, if that life he even wanted to save is a fake life. That's why he's talking about finding it. That you never even had it. That, so that self you are loving, that self is not even you. Are you getting my point? Yes, it says it is when you now throw that nonsense away, you now eventually find out your true life. So what you are even trying to preserve is not you. Yes, your ego that you are trying to preserve is not you. Yes, That's not even you. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can compare the Jesus that died and the one that resurrected. If he had preserved the one, you know, that was meant to die, wow. the resurrected one would not have come. So, the true him is his resurrected person. Are we together here? And that's why when he was praying in John chapter 17, he said, give me the glory that I had with you from the beginning. You get my point now? Are we together here? Anybody that wants to insult you can insult you. Anybody that wants to take you for granted can take you for granted. And you don't have to preserve Preserve yourself so that nobody will insult you. Nobody let anybody take you for granted. Let anybody abuse you. That person they are abusing is not who you are. Who you are, God will give it to you. Yeah. When they see that one, they will fear. Yes. And you're not them. You don't even have to fear. I'm not going to deal with you. Are you together with me? The first Joseph was very concerned about being great and all of that. And they killed that first Joseph. They didn't have to kill him physically for him to be dead. Which death can be greater than all your brothers hating you? You get the point? Because sometimes we read scripture and we just read it. But do you know what it means to know that all your brothers hate you? That's deep. When all your brothers hate you to a point of killing you, brothers, even enemies don't, even all your enemies don't hate you that much. How can all your brothers, that's very, that is a serious attack. That, that, that not grossly not accepted. That's not just lack of acceptance. It's a deep sense of, you know, of rejection. That's, that's, that's a serious level of rejection. And this man went through all of that. But you see, God kept taking him through everything. And eventually, he turned out to be the, the prime minister of Egypt. And if it was you, you would have said, now I'm prime minister. My haters. 
where all my haters you post on Instagram. Say so all my haters, eyes on my wrist now. <laughs> That's what you do. All my haters, where are you? And I begin to have useless quotes. <laughs> Different quotes. I put 1922, 1985. Are we together, friends? All my haters. All my haters. But you see, there was another Joseph. God had tried him. God had, God had, God had, he had lost that other one. But if you look from without, you say, you would think the reward is that he's now prime minister. No. The reward of Joseph was the new man he had become. How do you interpret that level of rejection? You interpret murder attempts. You interpret it as God wanted me to go forward, to go first before you guys. How do you interpret that? How do, when his brothers came, they were so scared, they were sure he's going to deal with them because now he's done. He says, no. The reason is that God wanted me to go ahead of you to preserve you guys. Is that really what happened? <laughs> you get my point? Is that really what happened? That's what happens when you have been reborn. He says, you guys thought it for evil. But what happened? What's that? Converter. Was converted. Because of love and purpose. Then you cannot understand that when he even helped them get Goshen. Those guys were drooling over Goshen. And he told them, God is coming to save you guys. Don't bury me here. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about a city. I'm about Jerusalem. That's, that's who I am. Because a new man had been born. I said a new man had been born. Hallelujah. You know, I can't wait to see the new you. Hallelujah. Can you wait to see the new you? <laughs> the new you. So this was like a summary of yesterday's service. You can see that yesterday's service was powerful. Yes. It's more powerful yesterday than I'm seeing it now. Everywhere was catching. The house was shaking. All the pillars, we, we, I'm telling you, we, are, we had to call firefighter. It was just. <laughs> so I'm just giving you a recap of what happened yesterday. And um, I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick yesterday's thoughts up maybe next week. But let me just share something connected to what I shared yesterday. Some type of auxiliary thoughts that will give this series some robust um, feeling, kind of. You know, so when we now talk about, so in that Romans chapter 28, we, we found out that our series is actually in this scripture. We talk of pleasure, purpose, and, and plenty. We said that when all things can become good, that's plenty, right? Plenty. And we said the tool for that is love and purpose, right? Love being the pleasure of God, the love of God, the pleasure of God. We are seeking out for God's pleasure. And to those who are called according to his what? To his purpose. But you see, the purpose is like the, the middle ground of this thing. And... The reason why 
God, one of the reasons, the reason for purpose is purpose or pleasure of God. God gives you a purpose because that's what he wants. But the side effect of purpose is plenty. When you step into the purposes of God, you are going to step into what? Into plenty. Are you with me? But guess what? The very scare and the very fear that Satan brings to you as regards purpose is lack. Anytime you want to step into God's purpose, Satan will scare you with what? With lack. Whereas, purpose is your ticket to plenty. Are you with me? That you can, you can even be carnal and say, I want to do purpose so that I can have harvest. I'm telling you, you can even go carnal and say, see, let me, let me tell you this, and I'm talking, I want to talk about money in a few seconds. Your greatest business idea is to obey God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Your greatest business idea is to obey God. People tell me, ah, ministry. Kai, Kai, you are trying to, you put that in ministry. I try to, hey, doing full time, doing this thing. You love God, though. And they don't know that this ministry is my business idea. Are you with me? And don't allow Satan deceive you. And Satan mess your mind up with what I just said. I say, eh, it's because of Titan offering. Let me help you, but I'll first abuse you. You are no Lodo. No, that's not it. I'm talking about obeying God. Obeying God is your greatest business idea. I'm talking about obeying God. I'm not talking about tithes and offerings. By the way, the tithes and offerings of a church do not belong to the pastor at all. At all. No access to it. That's to a normal pastor. I've never met abnormal ones, though. But the ones that are normal. If God says go and do something, how do you think you will prosper doing another thing? It's just, it's just, this has become common sense. Listen, ministry for me is not sacrifice. I, I have lost nothing. I would not have, I would not have been more prosperous. I didn't leave prosperity to go and serve God. I serve God to go and prosper. So what's what we're thinking? Ah, if I was asked, it was not a pastor who would for don't get me. For no, don't get me. No good, don't get me. I for don't be criminal. I go be drug addict. I go be wasted. Today I visited this gutter. Tomorrow I visited. Sometimes I go to the country, I don't go know which country what they say. You don't know. Like Mexico now, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Are we together now? Yes. So, the, 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 the purpose of God over your life is his plan to bring plenty to you. And this statement is very basic, it's not deep. It's not deep. Some of us have an assumption that what is difficult to understand is deep. Things that are not difficult to understand for a man who is filled with the Spirit, things that are difficult for you to understand, even though you are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
is not deep is actually wrong. You should be able to understand. When you can't understand the preaching and you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that preaching is a wrong preaching. Because that preaching is higher than the spirit inside you. The spirit cannot, it's difficult. How can you have the Holy Spirit and you are still struggling with understanding? It says it will guide you into all truth. How can you have him and you are still not, you still don't understand? There's no hope for you. You have the spirit, but you can't understand. When, when, when the apostle asked that guy, understand what that reader, that guy could not understand because he doesn't have the spirit. Are you together with me? So, depth is not what is confusing. Depth is the stature and the nature of Christ. If it, if it is congealed enough to deliver the character of Jesus, then that is deep. So, it's not what breaks your head that is that is deep. Actually, simplicity is the proof of true depth. Are we together now? And that's why many of us do not find out that it is when we travel out of the country that you'll find out you were brilliant. <laughs> Praise God. A lot of people do not know they were brilliant because they were confusing them in, in the country, making everything look complicated. I told you my story of when I was trying to know mass. Because I had to, as my last mass experience was in SS1. I didn't go to mass class after SS1. And so, when I now go to university, I must do, I must do mass. But I went to do a diploma in economics. And I heard that even in mass, they used to use an alphabet to do. What I know about mass is, is numbers. <laughs> And also that they are also adding alphabets. I said, what kind of... <laughs> they say D and Y will divide DIS. I say... <laughs> I say, how come that... <laughs> this D and Y, they are for spelling. They are not for... <laughs> and so... <laughs> so what they... They gave us... <laughs> they gave us an assignment and... And we were trying to, was looking like drama film to me. They said we submit fast. Everybody was rushing. So my friend was also doing it. For the first time ever in my life, I had to copy my friend's uh, assignment and I went to submit. And if you know me, if you are close to me, you will know that one of the gifts of the spirit I operate it is arrogance. Arrogance. I'm very arrogant. I'm very arrogant. I can't copy in examination all. I can't. It's, it's an insult to me. I prefer F. Yeah. I've had the opportunity several to choose between a failure or to reduce myself. I choose failure. Oh, I choose failure arrogantly. Yeah. I don't choose failure crying of no, I don't. So so I copied the guy. Ah. I said, what? I've never done it in my life. It looked like a normal thing. It was not, it was even not a, it was not a test self. It was an assignment. So, sometimes people copy assignments. You know, it was something you were meant to do from home. It was an assignment, but, but I copied it. I don't copy at all. I don't copy in every, I don't copy in everything. I would, even in dressing, I don't copy anybody's. What I feel like wearing, I do what, 
I do what I feel like doing, even in my preaching. If you like, say, I'm not preaching fine. Or do. So I went home to go and I locked myself in the room, prayed for some hours and say, ah, this mass is not a, it's not a spirit now. <laughs> so I carried the, the one evil textbook like this. This book looks like Af- West Africa, something, something. Stick like this, very evil. West African additional mass, something, something. So I, I was learning DYDS in that thing. I tried. But I noticed that one of my friends, who was an engineering student, now borrowed me engineering math. <laughs> and that one is only people that did that one. I now solved DYDS in engineering math. It was not very simple. And I said, this work is in both people's work. When they handed it over to us, we confused it. And we have not built aeroplane. They are the ones that have built aeroplane. <laughs> we have not built aeroplane. We just like to stress ourselves. Are we together here? Yes, sir. So, so, so depth is character. Depth is not confusion. So don't be a child. Don't let people bamboozle you with character. I see some some ladies get involved and go married to men because they think they think the guy is spiritually deep. The guy cannot greet somebody good morning and he says spiritually ordinary good morning does not greet people. And you think he think he's deep. He has never apologized to you once. And you say he's deep. Someone that has never told you I am sorry. Someone has never told you I am wrong. Someone has never called you and said, please, can you pray for me? I have this challenge. And you think it's deep. <clears throat> you, are, you are entering deep soup. <laughs> How did we come to these deep waters? <laughs> so, so, so the purpose of God communicates plenty to you. So, so you can trust purpose. Tell somebody you can trust purpose. You can. And you know, the reason many of us don't trust purpose is because the reason many of us don't trust purpose is because we don't really, we don't have an accurate revelation on God's character. It is when you don't know God's character, that's when you don't trust his purpose. So a lot of us, even though you can't say it publicly, you can't even say it out, you are suspecting God. Yeah, a lot of us are, well, we suspect God. We say he's God, but we, but we suspect him that, hmm. We suspect him, and so we are relating with him with, with care, with care, so that he must know the people with tell nonsense. You have, you are related to God. That let you are in a way you are related with him. You know you won't give him room to tell you nonsense. So God, I love you. I I love you, but don't tell me nonsense. Don't don't try it. Because you know that he can just tell you something now that will destroy your life. Yeah. If I'm beginning to say, oh Lord, wherever you lead me, send me. The man can just think I'm serious and, and say that. 
<laughs> they work, I just think I'm serious and say I should go to Iraq or Pakistan. And so there's a way we are relating with him. All these things, I'm the one exposing it. Even you, you have made yourself unaware of it, even though you know it exists. You just relate with him small, small. This God is deep, he's deep. Nobody knows him. Just... <laughs> So that he doesn't tell you those things. So there is really, there is really somewhere locked in us a fear of God's character. We really are afraid of God. Somewhere. And it's the enemy that has done this. See, the man is the best person in this whole wide world, but we don't trust the man. This man. If you talk anything. And then because you have heard that he's God, it means that there's nothing, he, can, he talks as God. He can just wake up in the morning and just say what he likes. He can just look at me now and the boy he knows, the kind of boys he knows I don't like. He will just say, oh yeah, that's your husband. So, you do not give him room. <laughs> say, don't choose for, don't choose for me. In fact, some people even went so serious and said that God stopped choosing for people because of what Adam said. When Adam said, is the wife you gave me, that from that day, God vowed that I'm not going to give. And that's why the Bible says, either now find it. God now said, either now find it. That's so you are the one to, to find. But you see, plus the one you find, plus the one they give you, you will still work. It's the same work. He can say that because his wife is not in church. She's a serious church. Can he try it? If she was here, now, can he try it? Are we together now? And so, somehow, we really do not trust God. We have a fear about God's character. The truth is, you need an experience that will help you know that God is good. God is good. And that anything he tells you to do, he doesn't use you to prove that he can see anything. He's not trying to be, to just say, I'm God, I'm God, don't eat today. Say, why? I'm God, don't eat today. No, no, no. He leads you in his goodness because of his goodness. Are we together here? And that's why we need to feed well and feed rightly. Maybe this is where I begin to lead the conversation now. We need to feed ourselves, I mean, the things that can help us, one, know the love of God, know his goodness, and then eventually appreciate his purpose. Listen, there is nothing more blessed 
than knowing that where you are and what you are doing is what God has ordained. Yeah. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Appease the man. Hmm? Appease the man. That's Psalm chapter 1. Appease that man. Praise God. Who doesn't walk in the way of sin and sees the seeds of scornful and all that conversation? Happy is that man. Let's see it. Are we together, friends? Yes, sir. Quickly, quickly, it's someone. You put it up just now. Okay, that was another one. All right. Give me the version that says, Happy is the man. So, blessed is the man. Who walks not in the counsel of what of the ungodly, not stands in the part of sinners, not sits in the what in the seat of the of the scornful? Praise God. The counsel of the ungodly is the counsel that doesn't come from regeneration. Get the point. It's not necessarily a sinner's counsel. Are we together, friends? Happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of ungodly, nor stands in the path where sinners walk, nor sits where the scornful gather. Now, in the, where we are now in this generation, one who have passed ungodly, who have passed, yeah, I'm talking about the quality of soul, who have passed sinner. The souls we have now are scornful, souls, mockers. And that's why it looks foolish to be a Christian publicly. Before, when you are a Christian, people would just give you space and say, oh, nice, nice. Now they will harass you. Arras some of you, not me. <laughs> Not me. Me, I'm a troubler of my generation. You cannot, whether anywhere, whether, I know my own man of God is different. My own man of God used to, can curse you, can be, my own man of God is a different, is a different man of God. You know, those who have come to me to think my own man of God will keep quiet, I found out this man of God is a different. <laughs> it's not, it will bring it like this. My own man of God is a very strange. God is still walking. <laughs> God is still walking on this one. You understand? So, but the people who are around me already know that part of me. So they really do not. You know, because many times these corners use the timidity of God's servants to deal with them. You know, knowing that the people will be quiet. Because, you know, but... But this one is a bit different. Verse 2. But his delight and desire. Are we together here? Are in the what? In the law of the Lord. And on his law, he, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates. Ponders and studies by what? By day and night. 
And it shall be like what? A tree firmly planted by the streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does, what? Shall prosper. Does that sound like plenty? That's plenty. So you understand that the purposes of God will lead you to plenty, but you see, for you to execute divine purpose, you have to feed. You have to feed. That's what I want to bring. That's the auxiliary thought I want to add to this thought. You have to feed. You have to feed with um, the type of meal that strengthens your resolve to love God and execute purpose. You see, because that resolve to love God and to do his purpose is not natural. There's a type of meal that brings you to that resolve. If you don't have that type of meal, you won't come to that resolve. Amen. And so if you're not feeding rightly, you can't love God's purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of people who are weak. Do you know, for, for some people, for example, let me use myself as an example. My resolve, for example, to do God's purpose, whatever God assignment God gives me, is higher than some other people's um, um, resolve. Sometimes, okay, f- I find it very strange when somebody has heard God and is afraid to do what God told him to do. I find it very, I'm like, you mean God has spoken to you? Like for me, the end of every life issue. God has spoken to me. Ah, Pastor, we were talking yesterday about some choices to make. And he told me, he said, I know when God speaks to you. I just wait. If God has spoken to me. Now, it didn't start like that from day one. It's, it's what I fed on. Now, I have a lot of confidence in, in what he says to me. Sometimes in giving, some, sometimes I hear people struggle when God tells them to give. Me, when God tells me to give, I kneel down and I thank him. I say, Father, I want to thank you for the privilege. You love me so much. You just spoke to me. Because every time I'm asked to give, I know I'll step into, into harvest. Amen. Mr. Allah, come and sing a song for me. Your word is quick. Your word is alive. I need to, I need to change I need to get something done. We'll have a break in, in transmission. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Your word is quick, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Your word is quick. Your word is alive. Your word is Your word is 
Oh, you are the way. 
an institution installed in your life. Are you with me? Friends, you, you, can't, you, you can't be confident that you are alive if the word has not become an institution. Praise God. Now, when we start studying the word and listening to the word, consistently what eventually happens is that the word becomes alighted it, it, it alights on us it, it, it rests in your tabernacle it now becomes the very um, spirit that now governs you are you with me? and so there, there has to be a decision to prioritize his word. You have to make that decision. Because if you don't make that decision, something else is being prioritized. Listen. You have a priority. Every time. And if the word is not priority, another thing has become priority. Whether you remember the day you agreed for that other thing to be priority or, or you can't remember the day. Now, you see, the, the, your nature is a nature that feeds. You were, you were made to feed. So you are always feeding, and you have about three mouths. Your spirit is a mouth. Your body is a mouth. And your mind is also a mouth, the realm of the realms of your intellect. 
Now, one of those outlets, one of them, one of those, not outlets, one of those um, realms has priority. Now, you need to make the feeding of your spirit man priority. You have to make that decision. If you don't make the feeding of your spirit man priority, you cannot love God and you cannot execute his purpose. Because the capacity to love God and the capacity to execute his purpose is locked up in your spirit. Now, if your spirit is not adequately fed, you, don't, you won't have that strength. You get my point now? The next level of strength after when you are fallen short from spirit strength is that you, you come into your intellect or soul realm and that is when you want to become something. So if, if your spirit is fed, you want to please God and do his purpose. If your spirit is not fed, then you feed your, your soul or yourself or your intellect. When you feed your intellect, your response is, I want to become something, which is the level most people operate. If you don't even know how to feed that one, if you go and feed your body, then you just want to be alive. That's the, last, that's the lowest level of life. Where I want to be alive. Make I, make I see what I go. Make I see what I go chop. Make I not die. Are you with me? And are we together now? Those are the pawns. You know when you're playing chess, the pawn. Those are the pawns of life. Those are the grand soldiers of Satan. That's why Boko Haram is plenty in the north. Because they don't feed spirit. They don't feed intellect. And then they only want to feed body. Then Satan will use them to be suicide bombers. Suicide bombing is difficult in Yoruba land. Even though we don't feed spirit, we feed intellect. Do you understand the point? And so, and even if you don't feed intellect, we still are trying to eat food. Are you together with me? It's not as that place. They don't feed spirit. They don't feed intellect. And even the body is not well fed. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not downgrading any, I'm not speaking against the north. I would never do that. I'm just telling you fact. So you have to learn to feed your spirit man. Now you have to be aggressive about it because your strength to serve God, to love God, to execute divine purpose dwells there. If you don't feed it, you can't have strength to say yes, Lord. That yes, Lord, is not a normal statement. It's a statement for the strong, spiritually strong. You will see people saying yes, Lord. You say, where are they finding this yes? Where are they seeing it? <laughs> I'm telling you, it will look alien to you because you have not fed your spirit. You have to feed your spirit. And when you feed your spirit, you will receive a harvest of strength. Is it Romans chapter 2 now that was teaching us and telling us that if we sow to the flesh, what are we going to reap? Corruption. I think it's Romans chapter 2, right? Is it 2 or 1? Eh? It's Galatians. No. Let's not fight. Too. Are you sure it's Galatians? Where was talking about reaping immortality and life. Let me my Bible. Can I... The phone cannot do this one. Are we together, friends? 
It's in the early chapter. The early verse, early chapter, early verses. Glory be to God. So when we read Romans chapter 2, I say, leave me. <laughs> Give me Romans chapter 2. Can we start from verse 5? But in accordance with your hardness and your impertinent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will render each according to his deeds? Who will eternal life to those who by patience continuance in good, in doing good, seek, are you with me? Yes, for glory, honor, and immortality. Now, the word seek, glory, honor, and immortality talks about the feeding of your spirit man. Are you together with me? Feeding of your what? Of your spirit man. Glory, honor, immortality are not what you feed the intellect with. It doesn't make sense to the intellect. Are you with me? And so, and that's why some people only respond to things that have intellectual appeal. Can I preach here? Can I talk to you? Let me go a little... Let me just say one or two things before I begin to round off. Now you see... The Antichrist, the main tool of the Antichrist, the main people the Antichrist will use as a tool are those who only fed their intellect. Yeah. With a spice of little spirituality. That spice is the deception. Because you feel they are believers. You see, but what they push is soulish. Intellectualism. Are you together with me? So you must prioritize spirituality beyond intellectualism and even let, your, let the spirit become the intelligent you import to your mind. Because there is, an, there is a spiritual intelligence that Romans taught us about when it says that to be spiritually minded is life and, is life and peace. That is to say the mind can be spiritual. Are we together here, friends? And so you have to make a decision to prioritize the feeding of your spirit man. It says that if we, we seek glory, it says, but those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, what would they reap? Indignation and what? And wrath. You get the point now. Now, this was what Jesus was trying to tell us when he put it in a different way. When the enemy came to tempt him, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, the conversation was, turn this stone to bread for that, in that he hungered. So, his, that was feeding the body. Now, there was nothing wrong in feeding the body, but you can't feed the body via temptation. Are we together here? Because after that, is he ate. So, it was not against eating. But he wasn't going to eat via temptation. Are you with me? That is to say the timing for that food was not the Lord's timing. And Satan wanted to tempt him. You see, but if he had prioritized his body, 
he would have fallen for that temptation. But if he fell for that temptation, it means his life also will fall. So some people are only living in their body. So you should not only live in your body. When you live in your body, you will serve Satan. You must live for more than what you will eat. Are you together with me? Do you know many blessed people cannot serve the purposes of God because of their body? Yeah. You know how many young musicians, young instrument guys, who cannot even choose a local assembly? Their judgment on which local assembly I will attend is the one that will pay me. So you see, such a spiritual decision of knowing your spiritual family, you are making it from your body. So your body is, and God did not notice, not giving you a family based on your body. It's giving you a family based on ordinations before the foundation of the year. So you miss local assembly because of weekly stipends. Now, why, why, why is it strange for that guy? He's weak. He's weak. He's weak. You get my point? He's what? He's weak. He can't even discern his family. And so he's in this church today. He's in another church. He can't discern his family. Why? Because his body is powerful. Some people, it's their intellect that is powerful. When God says, marry this man, you, you, you collect his pay, his pay check, you check his salary, Salary is hundred thousand. You do the Y, the X. You add your own to it. Say my own is hundred. That's two hundred thousand. Then you subtract it. Say where are we going to live? We are going to live in um, in uh, Magodo. You check the house rent of Magodo is one point two, one point five million. You check the savings two hundred k times twelve. Just check it. <laughs> no. The Lord has not spoken to me. No, you are not. <laughs> Such a spiritual decision, but your spirit is not strong, so your spirit is not participating in matters concerning him. And so you bring your intellect to a spiritual matter. Am I preaching here? Yeah. And the same vein, you can, you can be so spiritually alive, your intellect is, is, is daft. You have all the gifts, but no sense. You get the point. That was what Jethro was telling Moses, that <laughs> use your HQ, you are going to die very soon. If you keep doing this thing, you will die. Appoint other people to help you, or else you will die. That is spirit alive, intellect deficient. You see, but with that, you can still get a reward in heaven. But if your spirit is dead, inter- if your spirit is dead, intellect alive, you die very soon because and, and they, will, they will flog you in heaven. They will deal with you. You are irrelevant. Are you with me? So you need your spirit alive. You need to learn to feed your spirit, man. If your spirit is not alive, you are blind. Yeah. If your spirit is not strong, you are blind. Friends, and your spirit cannot be so fed that you stop feeding it. Your spirit has to, you can see today and be blind tomorrow. So you have to perpetually feed your spirit. Friends, if you don't feed your spirit, you will be blind. If you don't feed your spirit, you will say yes to Satan. I tell you the truth. You will say yes to Satan and you, you will be confident about it. You see, because 
the intellect. Can I talk to you? Because the intellect has embedded in it the knowledge of good and evil. That's the tree. So, so you see, when you're operating in the intellect, you even have a sense of righteousness. Because that tree has good in it. And so you will fight for it because what you are saying makes sense. You are not a terrible person. So you are using your brain, but actually you're offending the Lord. You offend the Lord because the Lord doesn't subject himself to the knowledge of good and evil. He is spirit. He engages truth. Are we friends here? So you have to feed your intellect. If you don't, rather, you have to feed your spirit. If you don't feed your spirit, you can be an antichrist. Yeah. You can't be an antichrist. If you don't feed your spirit, you can't, especially if you have fed it in the past. Are we together, friends? You have to, you have to be voracious about feeding your spirit. You have to be, you have to be, very, you have to be, you have to be like a warrior. You have to, it has to be a major decision. Feeding your spirit. Feeding your spirit consistently, regularly. Because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. That is before that time. Everybody lived from which realm? Body realm. Bread realm. That was what they used to interpret everything. I remember as a young boy, I called some musicians as a small boy. I didn't know much as a teenager. I called some musicians who were singing Wanted to do a major, like it was, it was arguably one of the biggest teenage concerts around then. And I was calling one guy who I felt can inspire the teenager because I was in the committee of planning committee. I said, you know, there's a revival going on in our city. Blah, blah, blah. We need to change the world. We want you to come and help us change the situation. I was talking. I was just trying to sound serious. Okay, 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 okay. You have one million. I said, you know, it's not really about the money now. He said, oh God, do you have one million? I said, you know, there's a move of the spirit. The teenagers, do you people have one million? (laughs) Man shall not live by what? By bread alone. If bread is your eyes, you won't see much. If bread is your eyes, you won't see much. You remember when Gehazi went back to meet those guys and collected what? What lady? What made him run after those people? Eh? Body. His spirit was weak. He chased them. He chased them. Uh, immediately those guys offered Elisha those gifts. He, he came alive. Parable shall die. The service changed for him. Pardon, pardon, the spirit is here. Uh, suddenly Elijah, Elijah said, no, you people, I'm not collecting. Ah! He's alive when the conversation is body. He's dead when the conversation is spiritual. When those guys were going, his heart was still chasing them. <laughs> he left his father in the Lord. <laughs> How was this? You get the point. His body was too heavy. And lied against his father. He said, 
Elijah said we should collect it. Elijah said we should collect it. And why did I give it to him? Elijah now said, did my spirit not go with you? You see, because he that is spiritual judges all things. So when you are spiritual, you would understand intellect, you will understand body. But when you are not spiritual, you cannot understand spirit. So the spiritual man judges all things, but he is judged by nothing. You get the point now? And not just that you judge all things, you actually own all things. Now, listen, one of the issues they had with them, Peter, was that they had issues with their brilliance. They said, these guys, they, are, they said they are unlearned fellow. They are not, they, act, they didn't go to school, but this thing they are doing is like people who went to school. Yeah. Am I preaching? Yeah. yeah. They got everything. All the funds, you put money, they had money. They had everything. Why? Because when the spirit is alive, it controls everything. Yeah. Because primarily life is spiritual. Yes. And when you can break into spirituality, then you can have legal ownership. Yes, if you are not spiritual, whatever you think you own actually owns you. Yes, it's only a spiritual person that can own. You can own and what you own does not own you. But when you are not spiritual, the things you think you own actually are the ones that own you. So some, of, some people, money owns them. Some people fame owns them. So when you say, when you say the richest man in the world, sometimes you can hear money talk. Money say, no, this is not. No, I'm I'm the I'm the richest money in the world <laughs> because I'm the one who owned them. They don't own me, so I'm rich. They are rich. Are you together with me? Praise the name of the Lord. So the guy went and said, "Did my spirit not go with you?" Elijah now told him, it's not even the issue about the money. It's that you missed timing. And the reason you missed timing is that your spirit cannot see. And because of that, leprosy fell upon that guy. Are you with me? Because that time, any trans body transaction is dangerous at that time. Let it go. You don't understand the mystery. You think I don't like money. You think I don't want money. But I know it's not time. I'm spiritual. Are you with me? And that guy went, use his head to carry what you don't want to carry. Elijah did not cause him. Elijah just... He just saw the, the season was very, it was very somehow. The other time, this same guy whose body is alive, there was army surrounded Elijah. Elijah was still having his bath with Toel. He said, oh God, see what's happening. He said, nothing's happening. He said, oh God, they have surrounded. He said, nobody surrounded us. Great, those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Elijah now pray for him. To God to open his eyes. It means that that guy is blind. Even though he goes to the dentist, the dentist says his eyes are sharp. But actually, God says he's blind. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so you're mocking me. <laughs> I've ended this sermon. You mock your Bible teacher. Are we together, friend? The guy was completely blind. The Lord will open your eyes. Amen. You will make a decision to feed your spirit. Amen. And guess what? You will never lack anything good. Amen. Can we just give God some praise and just bless him? Amen.